What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Podcast, episode 300. Tonight we're down in hell. I'm here with Griffin. <laughs> I'm here with Trav. <laughs> and we're looking for that sweet, sweet vibranium with Adam. We watched like Wakanda forever. Yes, yes. Uh, it's 300, guys. We've been doing this for some for some time. Oh, yeah. We've watched some really, really good movies. We've watched some really, really bad movies. And we've watched some really, really weird movies. Yes. But it ain't about the movies. It's about the camaraderie, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's about the bonds that we develop over 300 episodes. I don't know how that's developed bonds more than they already have been developed, but I feel like they have in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Yeah, so far, 647 hours. I mean, and it'll live forever. Our our, our force is imprinted on the internet forever. Well, they'll be able to use us to bring us back with that AI thing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that Amazon's going to do? Because you yeah, have, yeah. like, recordings of stuff. Adam GPT is online. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why what are you searching for that? Google it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. But yeah, Wakanda forever, man. Um, so, you know, last week we, we talked about Black Panther and, uh, you know, in preparation for this because Adam hadn't seen it yet. It was time, you know, to do it on the pod. I had very specific gripes with the movie that still exist. Uh, but I was excited to watch this movie because I really like Namor as a character. And I was interested. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was really interested to see how they were going to handle this whole Chadwick Boseman thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how, how they were going to, ha- you know, hand over the, the, the mantle and all that. And let me say this before we get into criticisms or whatever, how classy and sad was the intro to this movie? It was good. Like they have the funeral and then it's just dead silence and it's pictures of, of Bozeman. Yeah. It's, it's all so clips throughout this It's very, it, it, it's, you know, they, they said they were going to make, uh, you know, they, they're going to have their tribute for it. And I assume that that was it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, a lot of people that have already seen and went the film, seen and watched the film and have, posted their own opinions and stuff. They they really laid heavy on the Chadwick Boseman aspect of the movie. Yeah. Um but I would say Kugler managed to just continue to make a movie and even though it was he was an integral part and his absence was an integral part, I was very surprised that this movie stood on its on all four paws, man. Yeah, I mean, how do you go? How do you go into it? First of all, I mean, whenever the main character that the franchise is being that this franchise is being built off of has an untimely passing, like you, you know what I mean? How, how do you? Yeah. And I think, and I think that I'm gonna all right. Fifty percent of it says that I like I like how they addressed everything and how it was a you know kind of a theme that they. They treated it real. Oh yeah, down to down to if you if you know for for those dialogue uh, 
people that hone in on it and everything, you know, they even, they even make mention that, you know, uh, I think there's a, a moment in the film where Sherry was like, uh, you know, he never told us that he, it was, you know, anything was wrong with him. Yeah. Uh, up until the last minute and, and all that and how that kind of played into, you know, Bozeman, the actor yeah. in real life with his, uh, with his illness. Yeah. Right. So I would say, you know, it's, it's something that's like really difficult. And I feel like that they did a good job at acknowledging it, celebrating it and trying to move past it, you know? Well, it um, keeps in, it keeps in line with, uh, phase four's whole thing about dealing with loss and grief and the grieving process. Yeah, absolutely. Cause, cause even though, even though years have passed since we, since Endgame hit theaters, uh, in the Mar- in the MCU films, if you're following the timeline and you condense all this stuff down and, you know, ham it out, all of these movies that have taken place, taken place post snap or post, uh, end game, uh, Everyone's kinda in their own little state of what the fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know this, the, it, it very much reminds you that, like, as the audience, technically, I feel like our angle is we're supposed to still be grieving the loss of Iron Man, while the heroes and their story moves on and they're they're dealing with theirs, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, looking at it through the lens of like watching MCU films is, you know, it's an experience like you have, you know, you're going and having a a good time in a really fantastic like storyline in the universe, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. But there are some things that I didn't there. There was some some drawbacks to it. I will say I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, um, before go, you go ahead, move on too I'm, far, yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah, to say yeah. that I'm glad that they didn't try to deep fake him. Absolutely, oh, yeah, yeah dude. Been I didn't even think about that, man. Yeah, yeah. I was like, worried was... they were going to do it. It's like, oh man, don't do that. Like, I, yeah. I thought they were going to do that when she takes the herb. Yeah, yeah. Right. but it's too uh, late. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I I didn't even think about that. And yeah, that that was I, I agree with you, Adam. Like. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that they decided because I was expecting them to have him show up <clears throat> in a capacity <clears throat> in that sequence to where in the suit, no speaking, mm-hmm. right? And that be kind of like you know her her thing, but it going the other way was really interesting. But I also had problems with it. But I'll, I'll get into that here in a second. Um. But what 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 do you think, Trav? What's what's the what's the thoughts here? What's the feelings? How the ever loving fuck you gonna borrow so much shit to set up Doctor Doom and not deliver? Oh yeah, right for sure, right. Um, I think I personally enjoyed the way they adapted Namor. Yes, agree. One hundred percent. I believe also, despite the touching aspects of the movie, because it's bookended really. Like we have a, a beginning thing of Chadwick Boseman and the whole setup for the plot of the film, 
Then it becomes the movie. And then it, it's bookended with Sherry on the beach. Yeah. So in between those bookends, that's where our, I think that's where the criticism lies. The oh, for sure. Obviously. Yeah. So that, that being said, um, I think Ironheart could have, you could have, they could have did away with her. Like they yeah. could have just, they could have waited until the series dropped or if, I don't know if it's a series or film. I don't know. I can't remember what they announced uh, her story as. I think we could have waited and gotten just a story from her introducing her like old school origin story series, you know? Yeah. I, and that feeds into one of the problems that I had with the movie. Namor's motivations were very lacking in my opinion, because like his whole idea, what, what his, the, what gets his wheels in motion is the fact that some girl developed a machine to detect vibranium. And because the black Panther and the Wakandians opened their borders up and let everybody know that there's this material that has, okay leaked out of Wakanda for years and years. That's what Claw was doing. You know, that's how Ultron and all this came about. But no, just because they're like, yeah, we have this stuff that opens up all the governments in the world to start looking in other places to see if vibranium exists. And just because some chick in some country developed a piece of machinery that can detect where vibranium is, he's going to lead like a crazy war on the surface. I'm just like, really? Well, Kill well, my, we'll see. That was Ironheart, I, right? Yes. It's going to be the yes. new Iron yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh shit. She got an Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I can, I can agree with that, but on the other hand, I can, I can disagree because if you think about a lot of our villains here, uh, a lot of their motives from time to time, man, are spawned off very simple ideas. Yeah. No, I, and, I, but, but my, 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 my thing is I wish they would have done away with that aspect. I agree with you 110%. Shouldn't have been, uh, because at, at the end of the day, the movie was kind of like a gangland movie. Yeah. Right. Like that's the, that's, I feel like those movies is what this pulled from. Yeah. Like turf war movie, you know, you're either with us or against us. Like you took one of us, so we're going to take one of you like that, that back and forth tit for tat type of gang fighting and stuff. Yeah. That's it, that. It, it felt like that. I think Namor's motives in terms of like, okay. Cause, cause when he's explaining all his shit to, to Shuri, when she's down there, he's like, you know, when he tried to when he tried to bury his mother on, on the surface, he saw how fucked up humans were. Yeah, said fuck this, I'm out. And he was like, when when he found, or th- at least this is my interpretation of it, him flipping the fuck out over the vibranium detector. Because think about it, if he, it, it's because it's unmanned. Because yeah. technology's gotten to a point where they can send that shit down there and get it, and the soldiers can't siren suicide them like into you know whatever, yeah. Uh, like there's not combatants. Like there's you know the things that a human has to consider 
and navigate and what makes Claw an, an effective smuggler. Because one would assume that Claw had had to deal with the the Talacon people at some point. Yeah. I mean, you'd think uh, so, right? Yeah, I mean, in, in all those exploits, you know, because surely he he was... He probably knew that Wakanda had the most vibranium, therefore being the most convenient. Yeah. Hence that being where he went. But I feel like gun to the head, I need vibranium now, motherfucker. He's going to go out in the ocean and get it, you know? Which is like, leads back into my point about the first movie. Like, Claw could have been the central figure that spurred all of this shit off mm-hmm. into this, like, weird, like, he said, she said war that happened between Namor and the Wakandans. And like Claw could have been at the center of it, manipulating everybody. It could have been a whole situation, but no, but no, we can't do that and have cool shit where Claw's behind the scenes pulling strings. And then, oh, come to find out while all this is happening, he's got all of this vibranium from here and all this vibranium from here. And guess who he's giving it to? Dr. Fucking Doom. But no, we can't do cool shit in the MCU when you kill fucking villains off, guys. We can't. Give me a fucking break. I have anyway. to agree. I'm surprised and I think they didn't kill this one. That's what was, that's was exactly what I was oh, about to say. I was very glad that they didn't. I'm glad right. Marvel was finally starting to be like, you know what? We can kind of keep keep a bad guy around for a little bit. Dude, yeah, but and she should thing... just left him there. The way that they rode up together, I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, that motherfucker killed your mom. Yeah. Like, right. come on now. Well, and yeah, the thing like is, they got like, real friendly real quick after having like the most Bollywood of fights. Well, she didn't want no yeah. dark passenger. Yeah. Well, and, and not like I like the way they did Namor's characterization because it was very, it was very true to an extent to his portrayal in the comics. Like, he is true neutral. He is going to do whatever is best for his people, which is one way where where it's like his motivations were weak. Yes, they were weak, but his response to it and his well, action that he took for it made sense. Well, uh, one of the cool things is that what that implied is, okay, we got Dr. Doom coming up and so, at some point that motherfucker is going to show his face. Yeah. So Dr. Doom is going to be showing up. Uh, we're going to have King the Conqueror. We've got Namor. Uh, we're a few other random choices from like having the Cabal. And yeah. the Cabal is a big deal for Secret Wars. Right. And the Cabal is like a little group of... Uh, they're, they're a group of the villains that survive. At least the, at least the most recent Secret Wars um, that, that I read... <clears throat> That, which I feel like it's probably going to be partially the one they're going to pull from the way it's looking in the movies. Yeah. But uh, whenever everything really goes to shit, because it's kind of shitty now, but with Kang, it's implying that it's going to even go shittier than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're going to have it where there's a small band of uh, villains that's going to survive the big cataclysm alongside the choice Avengers that are going to survive. It's going to be almost like the snap, but on a multiversal level. Yeah. And it's going to, like, I don't, I mean, it just really depends on which way they go. Like if they're going to pull from the really old school shit 
or if they're going to pull the new, which the way the multiverse is, is, has been set up and all of that, uh, I feel like there's a good chance we could get very Battle World-esque stuff going on where sure. different where it's different universes patchworked into one. Right. And that's going to be crazy. Yeah. But yeah, like, dude... Like I said, I love the way that they handled Neymar. I love the way that, you know, I, I, I love the, the change that they made to him. Another grappling complaint, and I understand. I've watched enough James Cameron documentaries to understand how dark it is in the ocean, right? Dude, I had to it watch was, it in complete darkness. It was so when fucking you dark. Me, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Dude, It like, when they go, you can't appreciate how beautiful this civilization is because you can't fucking see it. You can't fucking um, see it. It did look good in the dark, but whenever was, they would come out of the water, it would just blind me because, you know, I mean, it's so yeah. bright. Like, ah, like. Now, did you guys watch a uh, uh, Schmeeby Blu-ray, you know, copy, or did you guys watch Disney Plus? No, I watched the the IMAX copy. Okay. Because the copy that I watched... Which I assume is the one y'all watched then. Um, I honestly didn't have a big like a big issue with it, which I think my well, it depends my on TV... what you're viewing it in too, like yeah. time of day. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I was watching See, it. I got my, night. Little, it was... my area blacked out where I watch TV. Yeah, yeah. so there's no. See, now, I... granted, now granted, I was watching it at night, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I for all intents and purposes, Definitely I watched it pretty much the dark scene. Yeah. I'll... I watched watched it at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. You know what like, I mean, dude. I want I want a print out sh- shot of Namor slowly lowering down. There's that wide shot where everything's symmetrical, and you see him like slowly lower himself down in front of everybody. Yeah, when he gives a speech, and, dude. That shot was fucking awesome. Like yeah. I would yeah, love that as like a epic. Oh man, like the, the like Tiger Teeth Throne, like Talacon and Namor. That that it, it almost stole it stole the show. It definitely yeah. helped. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really and I and I I love like referencing back to the Gangland uh, narrative I like template. I really liked those moments where they were talking and they, and Namor's making, you know, he's stating his plot. Like, he's like, you know, I'm going to do this, uh, whether you're with me or not. Uh, but it'd be really cool if you were with me. Yeah. Yeah. But here's my mom's If you're not, you're going to be the first motherfucker gone. Yeah. And, and I like, thought that was cool. Like, yeah. The, uh, like I okay, another gripe, another complaint here is like I understand that like they have to they have to bridge this gap, they have to make it make sense for um for her to t- start to take up the mantle, for her to develop, you know, the the purple heart and all that kind of stuff. Like I get that. I understand that, you know? Yeah. But like at the point in the film where she takes it and she has a complete character change, right? Mm-hmm. Like her, everything about her changes in the moment that she takes that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is something that they could have a 
left out of this movie entirely and it would have been okay because it felt rushed, it felt underdeveloped, and it felt very lacking because it's like she's going to get revenge because she saw Killmonger. And it's like, no, they could have set it up to where she saw Killmonger. She could have been like, I'm nothing like you. And he could have been a reoccurring appearance in her life as to be the devil on her shoulder. Someone that shows up whenever she is in the middle of something and, and does that Michael B. Jordan, look at what they did to you. Look at what they did to your, you know what I'm saying? Like, that could have been a side effect from the fact that she's taking the what the Wakandans had and then taking what Namor's people had and mixing it together. You know what I mean? And that could have been well, an effect, who, side effect well, of that. And well, honestly, though, man, who's to say who's to say that that's not going to be something that happens further on? Well, it should, but they shouldn't have had her go from being a like a sympathetic type character that mm-hmm. needs to, to develop this thing in order to save her people. As soon as she takes it to become an anti-hero where she wants to kill Namor and kill everybody and screw everybody because all of her family's dead to then having the realization well, that like, I'm going to be noble and I'm going to follow in the footsteps of, of my brother. Like it just, all of this happened in the span of less than 30 minutes. Well, Jesus Christ. Y'all- I, I I I get that I do. Um, I kind of took it as it was her Star Wars moment. Um, yeah. The the whole idea about getting vengeance and everything kind of consumed her. Talking to him kind of brought that more to the surface because it wasn't him because it wasn't her just being like, oh man, I'm gonna like her change of heart was still because think about this too. She also saw her mother at the end. That's what pulled her back. That's what brought her back. Yeah. And so it was just, I, I chalked it up to Star Wars, like, Force stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like, I get that. But still, though, it's like, to me, overall, the movie felt like, unfortunately, because of what had happened, they're trying to, they tried to throw too much into it. Like, no, it, it's a packed movie. That My biggest complaint is the fact that it was two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. long. They could have cut um, 40 minutes of this movie out completely. Now, and, and yeah, and I, I would, I would say that's the biggest complaint on it. Now, granted for two hours and 40 minutes, I was far more captivated by this movie than I was the first one. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> 10 times better. Um, yeah some very good writing was done in the film to pull. I mean, it had to be one. I wouldn't necessarily say writing, but Coogler has improved as a, as a director and you can see it in this one because he, because at the end of the day, he managed to pull off a near three hour film about a superhero that we don't even see until the last like 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And that's like, I'm not even upset and by that. that and that's know? a, and I would say that, that that's that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And it, and on top yeah. of it all, it also he he got to cash in on that coveted moment where you make a sequel that does surpass your 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 first film. I mean, bar was low. 
I mean, I, and, 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 and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Now, granted, I think I had a good time with it because I, I went in with very low expectations. Yeah. So, and, and I did the um, same. Yeah. I, I went in with the idea. I went in with the idea, honestly, that it was going to be very, very, like, even, like, I wasn't expecting as much action as I got. Yeah, for sure. Um, sadly, by the time the things are popping off between Talakon and Wakanda, Chadwick Boseman and the loss of, 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 of black, of the original black Panther is kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Cause it did do a good job of forcing you to be like, all right, I give a fuck about these supporting characters. Yeah. It would, you know, it would be, it would be this, it, it, it'd be a lot like, you know, a Batman movie, but you got to follow Robin and Alfred along. Yeah. No, I and, mean, and, and I, and, and, and to his credit, he did succeed in that. Bar was low, granted, but I think, I think it was, I think it, 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 it delivered the move along it needed to. And I also want to say that I called it, kid. <laughs> I mean, he's so like, young, though. Like, goddamn, they're gonna have to really age him up fast. And no, like, dude, no, they all have kids. They 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 keep shooing in a fucking kid. They're like, all right, man, we just had a gang war. We just had all this other shit. Oh yeah, by the way, Travis was right. Here's another kid to add to the pile. Yeah, whenever um, the kid came out at the end, I'm like, really, really. Like, I, I, I hope that that it's a it's a stupid idea in the sense that like, all right, we had a major loss, but where there's loss, there's gain. Where there's death, there's life. Like, if we're gonna go with that, cool, fine, whatever. But if we're speaking like for the narrative of the, of like the continuation of the story. Why? Like, like, are we, like, I feel like it's still setting up the dilemma that they're going to have to kill Kang as a kid to really like whack a mole in the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's a, that, you know, that's a possibility, but. And, and see, I feel also like the next, by the time they make black Panther three, I feel like it's going to divert from the main storyline and we're going to get a Logan thing where we get like a massive time jump because the thing I took away from the very ending where we get the introduction of, of like of of that that he had a kid you know his name's really Chala as well and um you know, the the notion that, okay, there's always going to be a Black Panther named T'Challa. And so I'm wondering if we're going to speed that up or or are they going to have some crazy thing where some stuff goes down and he ages quickly and he comes back or, or he gets pulled out of the future. Or who knows, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, by the time they get everything set up and said and done, by the end of like the next phase, the kid will be 15. You know what I mean? 
Well, yeah, and and oh. and the reason I say that is because they're going to get back to making the Black Panther be King T'Challa as soon as possible. Because even Shuri, if I'm not mistaken, in the comics, she her stint as Black Panther was very short, and I feel like this movie, uh, with its runtime, the amount of plot that's given to it, how it's centered around her specifically, and everything, I feel like she got that that character got its its story out. Yeah, because yeah, she handed it over to old dude, right? Like, whoo, whoo, whoo. like he's gonna be the king. Not, um, well, at the end, she, he was like, "I'm here to challenge," and she's not there, so there is yeah, no challenge. Right. It would just be he would be I the mean, king. I think she handed that, that over like she don't want it. And oh, so and that's the thing. Here's what I here's what I was kind of hoping that they would have done. I was hoping that the chick from uh, uh, Walking Buzz. Dead. Oh, Michelle? I was hoping. Yeah. I was hoping that, like, okay, the mom kicked her out, so she's Which no longer crazy. part of it. Yeah, right. I mean, like, yeah, that's really? a whole different thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, mom kicked her out, and I was like, dude, how crazy would it be if she developed two of these things, like two of these, which they were planting them at the end or whatever, and it's like both of them become Black Panthers in that moment, and then Shuri decides, like, she doesn't want to take up the mantle unless she has to. She doesn't want to rule unless she has to. She wants to be a scientist and then, cause I would be 1000% okay with the chick from walking dead being black Panther. I love her character. I love, I love everything about her. Well, she's a very good, she's a good actress. Like Michonne, Mich, like her portrayal of Michonne in the walking dead, as far as I got in the show was great. I thought she oh, was yeah, perfect. Yeah. I thought I always thought that she was perfect casting for her. Yeah. And, I think she's done a good job in in the Black Panther series as well. Yeah. Um, I got to admit, I kind of like the idea that they went ahead and upgraded her to the to the Midnight Angel armor and stuff. Yeah, that that was cool. But that still hands in to my complaint that like, isn't that isn't that like some shit that like that that they got to use to deal with Doom? Ah, uh, possibly. Like there's, cause there was, there were several, like there's a lot of shit in there that, like I said, there were a lot of place things, like just all the ingredients for Dr. Doom to show up have, are in place now. We just yeah. need fantastic. We just, really, we just need Reed Richards and uh, Victor and, you know, all that good shit. Yeah. Um, but oh, Michonne the, got uh, noggin on it though, don't she? She does. Dude. Dude, well, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, did they put some kind of prosthetic back there to make it? I don't know. It almost had that Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. You know, he like skull kind of. Yeah. I didn't know that I was into bald chicks, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, dude. I know. didn't, dude. I didn't know water balloons slapped that hard. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it reminds real, me right? of those things that you used to put. It was like a bomb. At a timer, yeah, and you put a water balloon in it. Oh yeah, you played like hot turned. potato with it or yeah. something in the pool. Yeah, that's what that remind me of. But dude, when they first attacked that thing at the beginning, the rig and everything, yeah, we we got to like a siren singing. I'm like, oh okay, they're like mermaids I, too. That's cool. I was surprised Marvel did that. I mean, well, I shouldn't have been surprised, but 
I was. I was surprised they went that far with that and showing just how much of a threat. The, well, when they hopped the, out of the water, I was like, fucking James Cameron is going to sue somebody. Like, <laughs> that's all yeah, I could think. Right. was like, whoa, y'all really? I was like, well, it is Disney. I mean, yeah. No, we got patent on blue people. But it's kind of yeah. cool how when they'd go back down there, at first I'm like, why are they different colors? And it's like, oh, okay, they look like that when they come out of the water. Yeah. And uh, I, I know it, I think it might get it might have gotten brought up in Miss Marvel. I've yet to, to to finish that or really even get past the pilot. Um, I just don't think I'm the demographic for that show. Yeah, uh, no, I ain't watching it. Um. Well, not not well. I mean, when I when when I say demographic, I know that can be misconstrued. So I just want to yeah, provide clarity. Kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, kids like show. a kiddie show. Yeah, and I mean that's fine. Like that's 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 the next generation of people who are going to enjoy these these stories and everything. So yeah, like you gotta you gotta breadcrumb them in. But uh, but yeah, we get our first on screen uh, word drop of mutants. Yeah. Which um, was was interesting because he is he is the OG mutant. Uh, so that's cool. That's some some X Men stuff. Yeah, which I I'm excited that uh I'm excited. Like I said, I, the, one of the best decisions in this film was not killing off Namor. Dude, if they would have killed off Namor, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about this movie right now. We'd like, already be on to the last of us, dude. If, if they would have killed Namor off. As soon as the episode started, I said, no stars. Why did you kill Namor? And I wouldn't have said jack shit about the movie after that. Because fuck it. I would never watch it ever again. Because Namor is such a great character. He is that character that shows up whenever shit is going down. And he's like, if we have to sacrifice people to do something, let's sacrifice people to save the day. Like he is the guy that is a true neutral character that doesn't pick sides, that doesn't want to have anything to do with this shit. So when he shows up, shit is getting crazy. That's exactly who he needs to be in the Marvel cinematic universe as well. King shows up. He needs to show up. Yeah. And I, I I like the fact that, you know, that cause he, he, adding to that i thought it was a, it was very well done how as he's talking and through his dialogue with with wakanda and everything he he keeps he keeps hammering in too at the very end he always uh adds it on with and you're not going to tell anybody about my fucking people man yeah like we don't exist yeah so for me, the biggest issues that I had with it, just to kind of fucking hit the high notes, is I felt like they were trying to cram way too much into it. They could have they could have realistically shortened this down to a two hour movie. They could have cut all the stuff out with with Freeman and Elaine. They could have cut all that shit out. Absolutely, like, that was like not they, like they could they could have had Freeman to be. Uh, you know, the way that the Wakandans are able to get in and out, you know, have that one moment where they place the call on him and he's like, all right, I can get you, I can get you into the country. And then let that be it. And let him yeah. go do Hobbit things. 
Exactly. Like and it was not necessary whatsoever. What did it add anything to the story? Exactly. Like when exactly. she shows well, it, up and busts him out, it's like okay. I mean, well, once. Well, I think uh, the only reason they of, did it was so she could say a colonizer in chains. <laughs> well, and not. I huh. think that that's going to be the Thunderbolts <laughs> mission. Is to like well, go to Wakanda and back. get him back. Yeah, to extradite him. You know. Well, you know the movie had the movie honestly had several like not several but just a couple of subplots going on that, or or really it it, it just it, it pivots yes because right. the first half the first half of the film uh leading up to the introduction of Ironheart and and once they meet Namor for the first time the movie stops even fucking being about vibranium altogether yeah, and that's where I think the Freeman Louis Dreyfus scenes become pointless. Yeah, because their acquisition of vibranium is isn't shit now because Namor and Talacons attacking Wakanda and fucking wrecking their asses. Yeah, like that. It it, it, it shifts into the gang fight basically. Yeah, and maybe that's. I mean, that adding back to my to my uh example with that you know it's the moment in the movie where the fbi is like we don't know what the fuck's going on like yeah so that they could have absolutely cut that out i think i agree 100 percent with ironheart they could have introduced her in this like they should have had the wakandans shown up in the united states and had that conversation about how she developed it and then they could have like shipped her off to, well, they, well, they could have let, they could have brought her down to Easter egg level where they're like, all right, there's this device that can detect vibranium and have it to where it's like, you know, they're looking at it and they're like, Riri Williams, who's that? And then the audience who's familiar with her as Ironheart would be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. and then from there, you know, they could have even have it, they could have done it to where when Ironheart, uh, the show, I assume it's going to be a show, I when it so. happens... You know, part of her coming of age, figuring everything out, being, you know, you know, because she's obviously been doing it for a minute because she was like, you know, there's a whole YouTube channel dedicated to my sightings, you know. Yeah. So she's kind of she's kind of having a Spider-Man-esque background. And they could have had that. But while that's going on, they could have had Wakandans being like, hey, why are you like, what do you what's this about? And had them be like. You know, like Wakandans, um, versions of like, uh, like the men in black, like they show up and they're like, Hey man, like, why do you, how do you, how'd you build this tech? We're taking it. Yeah. And she's like, I need to get it back. You know, and, and, and finally, you know, have a, have, have some sort of thing where she ends up at Wakanda in the final episode of the finale and she's in front of Shuri as the Black Panther and explaining like, Hey, I, I was just. It was, you know, go full comic comedy on it and be like, dude, it was, it was a science project. Uh, And that would, that would have played in for some good laughs and it kind of did, you know? Yeah. Um, It was a, it was a, it was a little nod wink to being like, yeah, she's really brilliant. She's really smart. Apparently Tony Stark's are in abundance really instead of just, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would have I would have omitted her from the movie. I would have completely um changed 
or Neymar's motivations. I, I it should have been motivated around uh, adamant or uh, vibranium for sure, but it should have been in a completely different way. Like I said earlier, they really wrote themselves into some stupid shit when they started killing fucking people off in the last movie. Um, I think that I, I like watching the transformation from of Shuri like being unsure yeah. about what she's going to do. So I'm did they? Shuri of herself. Yeah. Uh, and then have her like go full circle. I wish that that version of the purple heart that they made would have done something different to her because she is splicing two different versions of this, this thing together. And maybe it will. Who knows? I thought like, it was I'm, different when it had her in the water. And I yeah. was like, what's this about? Well, and then she came up well, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, if you think about it, and, you know, this might be heresy, um, but who is to say that they don't have Aurora as Storm and because she's ingested this, this semi-spliced heart that has, you know, almost a mutant X-gene quality to it, uh, who's to say in another movie she doesn't acquire, you know, she starts having, like, long-term effects have kicked in and she becomes Storm? Well, I mean, I... I mean, I, I know that's some mental gymnastics there, but we also really. know... We also know now that, like, they're obviously changing... They're going to have Yellow Jacket become MODOK in, in Ant-Man. So yeah. they're willing to do stuff like that. Yeah. And... They obviously can't go the route of King T'Challa and Storm relationship. Like they can't, they can't segue Storm in that way now. Yeah. Um, well, but think I would have. I, I really, I would have liked to have seen if if it exists. Uh, the original script for the sequel. Uh, yeah. Prior to Bozeman's death. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to have seen what the original idea for this movie was before they had to sadly change it, you know? Right. I don't think that the mental gymnastics would be that terrible because think about it. This is what I chalked it up to in my head. Whenever he drank it or, you know, ingested it, it awakened his mutant powers. That's it. That's all you got. Deadpool was in that fucking chamber thing for, God, for how long before it triggered his mutant abilities. So... You know, that that's that's all you have to chalk it up to. That's that's simple. It's been explained before in uh, in Fox properties, so they could definitely. Uh, but Storm's from Africa, right? Like originally, I think she's from Africa, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So I, it could, or, or one of, one of those one of those. I, I think it's wasn't it a, like another fictional uh, nation that she's from over there. It's been forever since I've I've read like original x-men origin stories shit like that like it's been years uh so i can't yeah. remember that shit she is to a tribal princess of kenya and an african-american okay. photojournalist father she was raised okay, in so Holland. hers was okay so hers is, is is more real world centric but but Anyway, they could absolutely do that. And I think that that would be a cool way to have like different things trigger different mutant abilities. And that could be a cool way to do that. It would um, be, it would be, I think it would be an interesting way to keep Black Panther present 
in times and eras where they're either not going to make a film or once they've made the third movie, his the contribution to the overall story, or at least to the hero side, is that there is a safe. If someone's showing some sort of trait, they're able to do it. And I know that I know that that is specifically for the Black Panther ritual. But if Shuri is able to mass produce it, it could be a safe way to take Omega level mutants and be able to help them sort their shit. And could be, you know, it could, it could be used like almost the same way as like, think of it as like ayahuasca for a mutant's powers. Yeah. Well, I could, I could see them transitioning that into the new super soldier MacGuffin super soldier serum. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, the the Thunderbolts clearly are getting set up to have to deal with something in Wakanda. Yeah. I mean, I know they want the vibranium, but I also think that because of everything surrounding the series now with the death of Bozeman, I feel like they're going to try to make it to where it's not this, this thing where it's like, oh man, they're constantly after vibranium, which I mean, it's a constant Marvel plot, sure. But I think they'll also have it to where it's like, Maybe this sort of yin yang thing where it's like the negative aspect of Wakanda is that they're constantly being attacked and having defended against people who are trying to smuggle vibranium and down to the point of war, but they also have a healing property and it's the same thing that they use to choose their leader with. Yeah. But still, because of Wakandan culture, that you know, it, it's it's prohibited. So it's only for you know, it, 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 it's, you know, it's MacGuffin style where it's like, okay, who's going to drink the stuff? Oh shit. Like this person's going to figure out who the fuck they are or what, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. I mean, I dude, they could... that. I wonder if, if he had had, you know what he went, when he knocked her up. Mm-hmm. So if he had that stuff in him, did that pass it over to the kid? See, I was wondering that too, because like Namor got be like, it'd be way. like Namor. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know it was different because her mom drank it. But if what if he comes out yeah. and he's like mutated too? You know, he's like just forever Black Panther. I mean, yeah, there is well, no it stripping it away. See that, and that's one thing that they never really dive into because, like, his dad was the previous Black Panther. So, in order to knock boots, did he have to take the the other stuff that took his powers away? Because maybe in the past there was children that were born after taking the herb that were like mutated in some like physical way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, well, if you remember, there were different characters in Wakanda that referred to Talakon as the lost tribe. mm -hmm. So theoretically the people of Talakon, they're Wakandan. When the first movie, there was a mind tribe. Yeah. There was someone there representing the minds when they were, the they wasn't blue, but yeah, this was before the transformation. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all well, notice uh, that the dude from Nope wasn't in it? Yeah. And they mentioned that. I looked too. it up and I was like, why is he not in here now? The director was like, well, it's because of what he did in the first one. You know, he's been banished. And I'm like, half the motherfuckers here did what he did. Like, well, and not only that, but like Black Panther came out before Infinity War, right? And Infinity War, they fought in Wakanda, and he was there, if I remember That's correctly. Right, yeah. So, like, uh, I think oh, he so just you, didn't want to do it, or he he's good enough agreement. to come. 
Yeah. He's good enough to come back and fight a war, but nah, he can't just be yeah. sitting around having tea. He Fuck probably that. wants more money he, after Nope. Well, he probably wanted to be Black Panther, which <laughs> I don't blame him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know. And like, okay, Killmonger showing up in her, you know, spirit quest or whatever, her vision thing. I was fine with that. I thought that that was a cool twist. I thought that that was really interesting. Uh, it just goes on to show a, okay. A, they could still figure out a way to bring Killmonger back without having to go through the multiverse thing. Because well, going, going six feet under and having, the, having the ghosts haunt her would be a very good way of bringing characters along. Right. Um, um I think that, him showing up was a very nice way of showing how, because in that whole, the whole meaning of that scene I took from it was, you know, you can't change who you are no matter how much your mind is made up on something. Like, you're going to be what you are. Yeah. And I felt like that's how they 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 tried to craft that scene with him there, because... Because, you know, she's like, I'm nothing like my brother, but I'm also not like you either. And he's like, oh, I beg to differ. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of things that were concerning. There was a lot of things that were was good about the movie. Namor, Namor was the best thing, and that that whole thing carried the movie in a big way, in my opinion. I like the guy that played Namor. I like the background. I like, I like the style, the way that they, you know, how they tackled Namor as a character. Um, still could have cut it down 40 minutes, made it a two hour film. They could have absolutely, you know, condensed some of this stuff down and cut some of this chuff of stuff. Like, and it hit beat for beat, you know, instead of going to get Claw, they had to go and get, Ironheart, you know what I mean? Like, the, there's a lot of things that they hit beat for beat, almost note for note from that first movie. Because it was, it, it, they because they could have they could have done something as badass as Claws got this tech, and they're like, well, who who's supplying him? He's a dumbass, you know. And you trace like you have you have a group of Wakandans out in the world doing like you know. Uh, you know, James Bond shit, trying to figure out what's going on. And you kind of play into the idea that, like, you know, you kind of let them just, you know they're out there doing shit, figuring out, trying to trace it. We're going to get to them, but they're not important in the moment. And then have, like, you know, have, like, part of a credit scene or something where they're like, we finally got the information. And, like, they pull it up, and it's like, the technology's coming out of Latveria. And you're like, oh, shit, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, man, the, the, the same issues that I had from the first movie, unfortunately wrinkles completely through this movie. It wasn't bad. It was an experience. Namor was good. Uh, I'm still giving it a half. That's where I'm at with it. I'm giving it a star. I liked it more than I did the first one. I liked it more, but like still though, man, like. I could rewrite this movie. Sure. If I if if you rewrite the first movie, it completely changes regardless of like the things in life that really happen, the unfortunate circumstances around life. And it 
it would have made it like tenfold, but you get what you get. Yeah. I mean, I agree with your sentiments, Griffin. Um, I, uh, I think it suffers from a long run time and I have to, I have to say I'm one of the many people that were like, no, Dr. Doom WTF. Uh, I'm definitely on that bandwagon with a lot of other people and I'm, you know, I'm, I agree with Adam and, and you both that it is a far superior movie than the first one. Um, and because of that, I think it deserves that, that, that bump. So mm-hmm. I'll give it a, I'll give it a full star. I think it reflects it. I do think yeah. the movie, I think it's a star, but once again, like with the, the last, last week, uh, big asterisk by that motherfucker, because <laughs> there the are star. like the, 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 the runtime and the contents that fill up the chuffa that's in this movie. Cause it's there. Sadly, it's there. I'd um, say I there's they, about 30 minutes that could be completely removed. Yeah, I think it. I think they handled they handled uh, uh, tributing uh, Bozeman as an actor. I thought that was well done. Yeah, um, I thought that was a very a very poignant thing to to just bring it in with silence. Um. And, you know, for a lot of, a lot of the things that they, they, for all the reasons that you stated that the movie had its issues with, I I agree. Um, but I also think the things that, that, that really ramped up the movie and made it better than the movie, than the previous one, uh, it did it in, in droves. I love the, I love the combat, even as, even as Bollywood as it was to me, cause like, I don't know if y'all noticed this. But every time someone or something exploded, got hit, got swung at, it would slow down like Bollywood. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because I'm getting mind rot from these fucking trailers I'm watching with y'all. <laughs> but when I was, every time I, I got to the point where I'm sitting there just kind of co- like co- like comedically commentating myself as I'm watching the movie, they're fighting at the end, and at one point it's like it's like I'm like Namor coming at you with the Bollywood. And he, Jumps and swings at Shuri. Oh, he was violence, violence, violence. Yeah. So, wonder if um, his little wing will grow back. Oh yeah. She ripped that oh, off. She hit him with a tata tata putty tat. You know. Um, <laughs> you might, you might have, you might have to argue this point with me. But I'm also one of those people that really thinks that in in time, in future's time. Eternals is going to become one of the most criminally underrated movies in the MCU. Yeah, I agree. And I think to certain extents, some of the stuff that could be, if the seeds that this movie has planted come to fruition or come to bear fruit, whatever, uh, I think this one in particular will be a underrated film as well. Um, but I don't now, I want to make clear, I don't think it's the greatest MCU film ever made. Not by a fucking long shot. But 
it's definitely one of the ones that I w- I would throw it in a cut in the in the cut above uh, pile. Um, but once again, man, like like you've stated, Griff, you know the bar on this movie for me was set very low. I think for a lot of comic fans, outside of sadly the politics or the real world uh, events happening with Bozeman and everything. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it, it is what it is. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Like maybe in the future, I'll revisit it and have a different opinion about it, especially after the next one comes out the next film comes out. But right now I don't, maybe it's because I'm watching it right off the hills of that other one too. You know what I mean? I mean, it, uh, it could be. I'm just sitting here thinking like they fucked up so fucking bad that fucking first movie and it's fucking everything up in this movie well, too. Like, oh yeah. And it's hard. It, it, it was yeah. really hard. It, I, I agree with you, Griff. It was really hard not to see that. And you're just like, you're watching a problem snowball. Yes. It's an That's, avalanche dude. But I'd say I'm, with him dying, they, the, the co- recovery was decent. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I, I will say, yeah, and I, I still I still think because that's the thing you can watch this movie without having even watched the first one. Yeah, because it's an origin yeah. story all over again. You know, um, because I feel like m- most people are going to jump into Wakanda Forever, probably coming off the heels of watching like the big movies, like the Avenger movies, and yeah. you know. While most of us would be glasses pushing, going, eh, watch them all, a lot of people's not necessarily going to do that. And then the Conan voice. <laughs> watch them all. Watch them all. Start to finish. Chronological order. You know, like, um, fairy godparents. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I, I I went in not knowing what to think, low expectations, was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So I will, I'll give it a, I'll give it a start, but it could absolutely, and it's so ass backwards because normally two hours and 40 minutes, unless that shit's got Batman and Superman in it, I'm not going to give it a full star. That's too goddamn long. But to 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 get over what the the issue of the series has and how they're going to work around it i could see where they felt it needed to have that kind of time to breathe but you know chuffa's chuffa dude ironheart yeah. and the thunderbolts could have been left out yeah for sure for sure so the last of us sheesh or as twitter has shown the baja blast of us have they shown us there's a meme i saw where they it's the it's the poster for the show where it shows pedro pascal and the chick that plays ellie yeah and it where he normally is holding a gun it's a cup of baja blast from mountain from uh, taco bell and it's the baja blast of us why just because? Because like the internet. The dad group. jokes from the book. Oh, yeah, okay. what they're doing. Dude, uh, maybe she said, "Why does a scarecrow get a major award?" Yeah, 
And he answered it. <laughs> he likes her. He does. Well, you know, it's like, it's kind of going back to his relationship, you know, that he didn't get to have with his daughter. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's cool that you find out the only reason he didn't want her having a gun was he didn't want her to have to kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of couldn't be which, mad at though for saving which, your fucking life. Like, which that scene was pr- pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, the way he, you know, the direction of being like, hey, like, I want you to, you, you can make it, like, get over there. And you keep hearing those people go, you motherfucker. Oh, yeah. It was almost yeah. like a video game, like the yeah. recorded lines. It just kept doing it. Yeah. Oh, there, Fuck that you. was funny. Get there over was here. Little, there was another uh, video <laughs> I saw on Twitter where, <laughs> where, uh, it uh it was it was a clip of gameplay footage and it was like knowing that there are people who are have only uh watched the last of us through the or who have only experienced it by watching it and it's just this shot of somebody playing the game and it's just Ellie running through this fucking but just killing motherfuckers left and right just going completely postal it was oh, just it, it was really funny so that ground that was bubbling like that, that's going to be one of them big motherfuckers, right? I mean... We saw a, a teaser where they showed one. It was huge. That thing yeah. that climbs out of the ground, right? Just massive. And I'm thinking that's what that was. like. I was thinking that, too. She's like, and no, she... we need to handle this first. Yeah, dude, fuck Henry, yeah. okay? <laughs> you <laughs> he know won't what I'm let saying? the boy like... starve. Yeah. Fuck Henry. So they're if not I'm even the... looking for the same people. Like, no, they're looking for a, a guy and a kid, a boy, but they're found. They, it looks like they found them, or the the guy and the kid finds them. I don't know who finds. I think those. that, yeah, the guy and the kid found them. Yeah, at the end of the episode, which is you know, you know, they might be able to help each other out. Yeah, the kid could I be just... one of the kids too that. Ooh, what if they introduced another one where it's like he can't get infected? Ooh. It's like, well, this is I mean, different. Yeah, right. And we got two uh, cargoes. Yeah. Well, we got a backup plan in case somebody wants to leave the show down the road, well, you know? Well, Hank Williams? Yeah. That Did was she cool. Pull that magazine out? Yeah. Why are the pages Why the... ticket again? <laughs> that Put was it fucking down. crazy. Yeah. His like, reaction. No. Yeah, very uncomfortable. How do you walk around with these things? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, it's only my second day in a car. <laughs> they got good chemistry. Yeah, they do. As soon as uh, that guy was like, I'm hurt, I need help. She's like, are you not going to help him? Fuck no. <laughs> he just takes off, you know. Like I've been on I both sides sounds- of that. I know it sounds weird, but honestly, I feel like his performance, and I'm not saying that dude doesn't have range or that he can't act. But um, I'm very excited for the moments where they're going to be able to pull off Grogu being able to talk. Oh, yeah. And having to have some sort of way of having Pedro interact with another actor that's representing it, be it mocap or something like that, you know? Because... I mean, let's face it. Jo- Ellie is Joel's baby Yoda. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, it, it's just it's got 
I, I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I like Pedro Pascal, dude. He was great in Narcos. Uh, fantastic as the Mandalorian. Dude, I watched the full SNL thing. Killed it. Oh, dude, really? that Mar- the Mario Kart yeah. bit was hilarious. Yeah, they did this yeah. one where they're at a restaurant and the girl's cutting at steak, and it's shaking the whole table. And they're he's they're trying not to laugh. He's got one where he plays like this Italian kid's mom or something. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that I actually laughed that hard at SNL in a long time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> did you did you watch any of those bits, Griffin? I watched the Mario Kart one, but I, that's the only one that I've seen. Okay, so it's like I'm Yoshi. I'm bisexual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Toad. Bisexual. Okay. The HBO producers, like yeah, it's like for the yeah, it's like uh, just it's great. If you're listening, just go, just pull up SNL Mario Kart. You, you, it's hilarious. Yeah. No, I, I do like uh, the... I, here's what I'll say, okay? Like, the fact that we see, we've we seen more, okay? We've seen more of the United States in decay in four episodes. And the last episode of The Last of Us took place in one location. I mean, dude, those... We, the, those shots and that art design and CGI is not hard to pull off. Hasn't been for a long time. Yeah. It's just amazing that we've seen more in four episodes of The Last of Us than we saw in nine seasons of The Walking Dead. I've been really... That's something that I've been really pressing on with people who I talk TV and movies with, man. Um, and... I at one point I would have considered myself a diehard Walking Dead fan. Comics read them, show watching it, you know, like I'm there. Uh, this is better than that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Not not that Kirkman didn't create a good story and universe, but The Last of Us is is a better apocalypse well, story. He also tried to sue him for fucking his story up, like yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. No, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't happy with the way it was handled. Yeah. So, um, I mean. But I think, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. I, th- I I think that the scope of the show in just four episodes has outdid nine seasons of The Walking Dead. It's crazy. And it's I get it. I get, I get it that like. Well, at the end of the day, The Walking Dead is just the zombie movie that doesn't end. And I get that. And The Last of Us is different in story and in creature, but they follow such similar beats. It's really hard not to compare them. And I got to admit, The Last of Us is better. And and here's my thing. and and, and, And I know the answer. I feel like it's rhetorical, but just spitting it out there. I really don't understand the flack that that last episode got. What do you like? Oh, how they were review bombing it. And... Yeah, like That's I really, I don't. I, fucking stupid. Because I mean, while while I don't 
while there's no resonation with those characters' sexuality, the story that was told using them, I could absolutely relate to. Yeah. I think any human being could. So I was, I was very, I, I've been taken aback by that, that because, because I, I did, because I, that's the thing that that episode, it didn't feel like an like. Let's be honest, our media that we consume, agendas are pushed with it, whether you want it to be or not. That's the truth. Yeah. And that last episode didn't feel agenda heavy at all. It just felt oh. like it was telling a story. It got it ha- you have to wonder too like how many of those are like bots to push the you know what I mean to be like see yeah you know straight white males yeah. they don't like stuff like this and it's like we all did. I mean yeah. Everybody I've talked to did. I've heard one person be like ooh. I mean that was that was a very so it makes uh, you wonder. Yeah, uh, where all yeah, those reviews even, came from. I didn't even think about that, man. I haven't thought a lot tonight, apparently. But, uh, but yeah, man, like that—that that could very well be true. But I just—I—I I noticed that I'd saw that for about the better part of a week, and yeah. was like, I don't get it. Did they like? Are we watching the same show here? Like. Didn't we agree that we were watching The Last of Us? Yeah, even the I game did. put out one of those statements. Yeah. Kind of like um Now, uh, I know and... Well, now I know that I know that the from the game fan perspective that, you know, the, I, I know that there were some questionable choices made, but overall even though they had those those complaints and nitpicks, that's what they were, nitpicks. And at the end of the day, they were like, man, it's still good. Yeah. No, I don't... I, I haven't seen anything on that, to be honest with you. I don't know if it's because I'm not paying attention or it just hasn't crossed my radar, but, like, everything that I've seen has been pretty, like... pretty good review-wise. I mean, I don't know. Well, there were Maybe. people that were well, review bombing it to bring the numbers down on the episode. I mean, they got it down to like under two. Well, now I did, see, but it's just did, people, you know. Yeah, I did see. I did see equal parts negativity and positivity. I did see people praising it, but for every for every thread I would find where people praised it, I would find one equally bashing it. Now well, they don't that have to could watch also. It. That could also be because I'm in twenty twenty three just now starting to refine a, a Twitter feed algorithm or whatever. So I'm getting blasted with everything from all directions. Uh yeah, my Twitter feed's kinda like jacked up right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing a lot of shit. Well, I'm seeing a lot of what anybody has to offer, Trav. <laughs> um I've been seeing everything from like, uh, I, I, I mean, we, I mean, we're not a monetized podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, I also don't want to bring up the people that we, you know what I mean? Unless Mm -hmm. it's something worthwhile for the, for comics or movies or shows, like what's related to what we're going on with. So, but you know, there's a lot like, I didn't realize Twitter beef was perpetual. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'll leave it at that. I'm pretty sure anyone that knows how to look at a trending page knows what I'm talking about. 
But yeah, last it, of you us. ain't got to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Don't watch it. And he, like, here's my thing too. I think that a lot of people need to understand that, like, especially people that are very like, uh, you know, your average, you know, adult white male doesn't want these, you know, what people would consider conflicting ideas in their media. And I think that the people need to realize it's like, no, as being an average, you know, average age, you know, white male myself, I don't care, especially considering the part of the world that we live in where like some of those ideas wouldn't fly to some of the elderly people around here. I just want it to be written well. I don't care who it is and what they're doing and who's involved in it. I just want it to be written well and to make sense. And I think that it's hard for people to understand that truth. It's like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, just write it where it's good. Green book. Yes. Wow. The green book, dude. And it doubled I, down on it with the racism I, and well, you yes. know, it was double and it was, I loved it. Love the movie. Well, yeah. Lovecraft, Lovecraft country. Mm-hmm. Um, I still can't believe they canceled that, but I know, right? I don't think they wanted to pay. Well, it, I mean, dude's it, King um, now, so yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Price may have is going up after that first season. Well, he might not have it, had time to do probably. it. Probably, we're uh, we're T minus ten days out from it. Yeah, I know, right? But uh. Like with the Green Book, for example, we watched it on the pod, loved oh. it, recommended it to my grandmother. Yeah. Right? I'll tell you another movie I recommended to her here a minute in a minute. But she watched it. I was like, "Look, you're going to enjoy it. Trust me. Just give it a chance. Yeah. Sit back and watched it. Next time I talked to her, she's like, "I watched that movie about the guy driving the other guy around that plays the piano." I was like, "Yeah, Green Book." And she goes, "How good was that?" And I was like, "Right, right." My grandparents she's loved like, it too. Dude, she was like, I started getting emotional because like they, they were friends for all those years after that, you know? And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I, I get it, you know? So. The power she, of friendship. She texted me last night and was like, um, I told her that I put Black Panther up if she wanted to watch it. And she's like, oh yeah, I didn't go watch that one. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to watch it. And I said, she's like, is there anything else on there that you'd recommend? And I was like, if you haven't watched it yet, watch Barbarian. And she's like, is that an older movie? And I said, no, nah, it came out last year. I said, there's certain parts of the movie that felt like an, that, that it was an older movie, like a 70s style movie, you know? And uh, she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, you know, it's a su suspense horror type movie. And she goes, oh, I love those. I was like, yeah, I know. And uh, so she said she's going to queue it up and watch it sometime, so. I'm interested to see what she thinks about that. Oh man, I yeah, I'm I'm interested as well. She loves watching stuff like, dude. She went to the movies and watched The Joker, and she loved it. She's like, he was crazy. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, grandma, he was. That's, so yeah. that's cool, man. Um, I was telling, I, I don't think you were on here, Charlie. I think it was Corey and um, Griffin, but the guy that uh, wrote, directed Barbarian. He just sold us his next script's called Weapons. Oh yeah, yeah. Sold it for eighty three million dollars. Just yeah, the Lord. script. He's gonna direct it. But that'll be his payout. That was for the script. I think it was Warner Brothers that got it a new line, but Jordan Peele wanted it. 
and he didn't win the auction. He ended up firing his manager because they didn't get it. Like he wanted it. I'm so that makes me think like if he was willing ne- to drop that kind of cheddar. Yeah. Right. Next level, dude. Next level. But yeah, whenever grandma watches Barbarian, I'll be sure to give a full report back <laughs> to, like to the real estate. Dude, she loves and She was like, they put all these movies on YouTube, like all these older movies from like the 40s and 50s for free on there. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And she's like, I've been watching those like crazy because she grew up watching those, you know, those early Hitchcock flicks, yeah, watching the, all that stuff. Movies you know, that the, you can buy like a disc with 80 of them on now. So like, many yeah, now, like that Freebie, the Tubi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many. I, I told her, I said, if there's anything that you're looking for and you can't find, let me know and I'll see if I can find it. Because it's like, whenever I would stay with her on the weekends, me and my brothers, especially me, I'd go over there and stay a little bit more often. We would watch like the original house on haunted Hill, you know, all that, all that old black and white horror stuff. We would watch. Yeah. Oh, she was a huge Vincent Price fan. Um, so she, yeah, it's just, it's cool. You know, it's cool talking movies with her. <laughs> Especially like Barbarian, because I think, you know, she will like it, you know. Uh I'm just interested oh. to see what, what her take on it is. Oh man, have you have you made her have have you made her sit through the house that Jack built? Oh no. I think she started watching it because somebody started watching it and they didn't watch very much of it. <laughs> but, that's yeah. a that's a that's a that that's a film, you know, yeah. like I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to really. You're that. That's either a cup of tea or you're tossing it in the sink, you know. Yeah, right. So, but we got a little bit of movie news. If you want to check this out real quick. Oh yeah. So, so th- this is kind of a two part story here. So, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey filmmakers' next project is Jurassic Park meets Bambi. So Holy the up- shit. Yeah. <laughs> So the upcoming horror outing, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, will turn the beloved children's characters into slasher killers. And director uh, Rees uh, Frocke Waterfield, I don't know, and producer Scott Jeffrey already have their sights on doing the same to Bambi. Speaking with Variety, Jeffrey revealed that he has already begun prepping his horror take on Disney Classic, describing the project as Jurassic Park meets Bambi which sounds like the cinematic combination we never knew we needed. Co-producer and Jagged Edge co-founder Scott Jeffrey will direct the Bambi movie, and while further details regarding the project remain under wraps for now, he has discussed the idea before. Uh, likening what they have in mind to the 2017 Netflix horror mystery The Ritual, the film will be an incredibly dark retelling of the 1928 story we all know and love, Jeffrey revealed last year. Finding inspiration from the design used in Netflix, The Ritual, Bambi will be a vicious killing machine that lurks in the wilderness. Prepare for Bambi on rabies. Uh, Another article that I saw was that um, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, they're working on, the director's working on a sequel and it's like five, the the budget is going to be five times more than what the budget of this one was because of the reception. Apparently it's We've the number got a, We've got to podlock that. Oh, Dude, apparent, right now it's the number one movie in Mexico. 
I don't know what that means. Yeah. But it's the number one movie in Mexico. You know what I mean? Only movie. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. But I mean, it sounds so far fetched. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, I grew up and I loved Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, same. So being able to watch this guy turn my childhood into nightmare fuel is going to be fucking awesome. Right. And I'm interested because, you know, a lot of those Disney classics, like Peter Pan, you know, Peter Mm -hmm. Pan came out, what, the 30s? Was it the 20s or the 30s? Like, they could take any of those classics and put a horror spin on it and just print money with it, it sounds like. Well, I mean, you know, a a lot of classic children's stories are spawned from originally, like, really dark old stories. Yeah. All the uh, fairy tales and stuff. The well, I mean, stuff. yeah, and uh, I mean, Frank L. Baum's The Wizard of Oz, like that. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That stuff goes down some pretty weird paths as well. Uh, the Tin Man was given was a normal human being that got all of his body parts whacked off by an enchanted axe and became a Tin Man. I mean, it's I mean stuff that for a child is a little bit on the morbid side. Yeah. Right. Cautionary tales, dude. Next up here, Alec Baldwin allegedly skipped mandatory firearm safety training sessions before fatal rust shooting. As reported by BuzzFeed, Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed cinematographer uh, Hutchins while the pair were working on the set of the actor's film Rust. While the revolver was pointed at the camera, Baldwin discharged the gun, which hit Hutchins and the movie's director, Joel Souza. Souza survived with injuries, but unfortunately Hutchins passed away. Since the accident, the actor has claimed that the, that the gun safety on the movie set was not his responsibility, maintaining that though he did pull back the gun's hammer, he did not pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Previously, the actor's attorney, Luke Nikas, Nikas, uh, rev- released a statement to BuzzFeed News. Mr. Baldwin had no reason to believe there was a live bullet in the gun or anywhere on the movie set. Additionally, court documents have revealed that it was Russ assistant director David Halls who greenlit the prop gun as safe for use and handed it to Baldwin, unaware that the revolver contained live rounds of ammunition. For his part, Halls has already cut a deal and pleaded guilty to negligent use of a deadly weapon in exchange for a suspended sentence at six months probation. This week, Baldwin and the film's armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, were both charged for their part in Hutchins' death. The jury will determine if either party is guilty of the cinematographer's tragic passing. Uh, when the charges... Think... Oh, sorry. Uh, this... This is just a tack on. When the charges against the actor were filed, prosecutors alleged that Baldwin ignored the first rule of gun safety when he pointed the weapon at Hutchins. They stated had Baldwin performed the required safety checks with the armor, this tragedy would not have occurred. They wrote in a probate cause or in a probable cause statement, if Baldwin had not pointed the gun at Hutchins, this tragedy would not would not have occurred. Prosecutors also claimed that the actor skipped mandatory firearm safety training before the filming of Rust began. They alleged that Baldwin did not attend the required session as, and as a result of his decision, the actor only had minimal training on firearms. 
The Fields armorer agreed with the claims and told investigators that she'd felt additional safety training was very important for Baldwin due to his character's extensive use of guns throughout Rust. In documents, uh, Gutierrez Reed additionally alleged that Baldwin was supposed to receive a private hour-long session on gun safety, but claimed that the actor was only there for 30 minutes and was distracted and talking on his cell phone to his family during training. Prosecutors added that uh, the onset and limited time of training does not comport to industry standards. Uh, Baldwin's failure to ensure minimum standards were met is considered reckless in the industry. Last month, it was confirmed that there would be charges for Hutchins' uh, tragic death. In response to the news, Hutchins' husband, Matt Hutchins, thanked prosecutors in a statement. It said, uh, it is a comfort to the family that in New Mexico, no one is above the law. We support the charges. We uh, will fully cooperate with this prosecution and uh, fervently hope the justice system works to protect the public and hold accountable uh, to those who break the law. Well, nobody's above the law, but it sounds like he was above the rules. Exactly. He well, should never have been able to step foot on that set and hold that gun yeah. without doing that training. That's yeah. And I think, I think to add to that, man, I think that he's, if I think we I think the general public and everyone that, that that's aware of what's happened with Baldwin in the past couple of years, we all are aware that the guy's full of shit. Oh yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't cut that cake any other way now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that being said, though, uh, I feel like him pointing out that the guy was like, hey, it's safe to use, that's not an You're excuse. You're still supposed to check it yourself. Yeah, uh, that's the rules. If for for all the hallmarks of making of a good production team and a good cast, if I'm going to be filming a scene either behind the lens or in front of the lens... If I'm going to be filming a scene that involves somebody wielding a gun, a sword, any intense combat, anything like that, and I don't see them at that mandatory training session, they're not going to be in that scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would here's, make damn sure of it. Here's how it is in real life, man. If I'm around people and there's a gun present, right, and someone mm-hmm. is handling that gun, it depends on who that person is and how much I know that person as to how nervous in that situation I am, even when it comes down to being around cops that are handling weapons. Yes. Because, okay, I've been around, I've been around people that I know very, very, very well. No worry whatsoever. You know what I mean? We've been hanging out and I've never been nervous but there's certain, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know people, I know the experience that people have. I know whenever someone is handling a weapon like that, yeah. based off of how they're handling it, I know if they know what they're doing with it or not. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Dead giveaways where that trigger fingers at. Exactly. People just automatically put and, it on the trigger. And well, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, to me, it's very much with where are you sticking that barrel? Exactly. It's like, it's a combination of 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 finger placement and also barrel yeah, placement. You know what down. I mean? Yeah. And um and I grew up around them. 
you know, but yeah. that doesn't take away the nervousness that I get when certain people yeah. are handling these things, man. Well, it and just, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because the nervousness, no. I get it too. And I, I would assume Adam does as well. That nervousness comes from the fact that we take what that thing can do very seriously. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Like you can't, you can't well, be, you toy. can't, yeah, you cannot be joking around with firearms. No. I mean, and when I mean joking, yeah, you can hoot and holler when you've got the gun aimed at like a bottle of water at a shooting range. Sure, what the fuck ever. But if we're in an intimate setting and you're like, hey, look at this firearm I bought, you better not be fucking around. Well, what you're going to do if you're showing it to someone, and it's what I always do, same thing Pedro did in that scene. Yeah. I drop the clip out. I make sure the chamber's empty. I leave the chamber even pulled back. Yeah, and I'll hand it to someone. It's completely empty. Never, yeah, Yeah. never hand, yeah, never hand someone a loaded gun. Yeah, anytime somebody's wanted to look at my pistol, I just pull it out, drop the clip, pull it back. I don't normally leave one in the chamber, but I always make sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing; it never hurts. You have to double and triple check, man. Well, I would feel terrible. Oh yeah, exactly. If I handed someone a gun and they shot themselves with it, I mean, yeah, yeah. And like whenever you watch. That uh, there's a there's a clip online of Will Smith. Oh yeah, when that dude where he, it, yeah, and he and he, and he takes it. it he takes it away from him yeah. and and clears it. You know what I mean? And like, dude, that is someone who takes their job and also gun safety very very seriously. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, it doesn't fucking matter how big your TV show was ten years ago. It doesn't fucking nah, matter how big of a star you are. Yeah, dude, that, now, that, that, that the armor too should, they well, shouldn't have been no live rounds. There's some to blame to be there, but him, they're both in trouble. Exactly. Well, they both killed well, that girl. To quote himself, the coffee's for closers. He ain't a closer anymore. Yeah. No, oh, he's done. It's, it's a, it's a tragedy, man. And it's stuff like that, that just gives gun owners in general. Well, and he's a big a anti-gun thing. guy. Exactly. He'll know shit he about shoots. him. Yeah, I know. It goes to show you, man. Whenever I was in school, they took us to a gun safety training class. When I was in school, yeah, it lasted all day. Is at the fairgrounds, and they did a whole gun safety training day. Got the paper and every. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was a whole thing. It was a bunch of different schools from around the county that went down there. And not only that, but my grandparents, my dad, stepdad, uncles, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. had their own. Every time I would go with someone either hunting or shooting or anything like that, a a preemptive gun safety class. This is how you handle this weapon. This is how you do everything with this weapon. You know what I mean? This is how, this is how you clear this. Yeah. Well, and yeah. And I think, I think, whether you are for or against guns. I think that it doesn't matter. I think that it is naive to think that you can go through the lot, this life and have no knowledge of how they operate. You know, I, I mean, clearly you're going to be, you're going to watch it in TV. You're going to see it on an officer and everything. Yeah. You could be as anti-gun as you want, but I think a person should all, I, I think a person should have a base level knowledge of guns in general, one, 
to relieve anxiety slightly of the firearm itself. And secondly, so that everyone is on board in taking the use of firearms and the possession of them seriously. I think it's a right that people have. I'm not some gun ho Second Amendment person. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily an anti-gun person either. I, I have a I have a firearm in my house. Yeah. Um. You know, I've handled one. I've shot one. All that stuff. And, you know, I think that there it's a serious matter. And you know, I, I know we're deviating from movies and stuff here, but, uh, you know, I think acquainting yourself with the knowledge base level knowledge of firearms would actually, I feel like that ed, that sense uh, educating yourself would reduce gun violence, I think. Yeah. Uh, more so than it does, you know, because, I mean, whatever. But, you know, I think Baldwin's full of shit, and I think at this point, his name is Mud. And you fucking reap what you sow, creep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was good while it lasted. Yeah, right. So next up, I just thought that this was very interesting. Matthew McConaughey says a fortune teller convinced him to do how to lose a guy in 10 days. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I mean, all right, all right, all right. It was his fortune and, and, teller, okay? Yeah. You follow this, had to be, this, this had to be during his uh, bongo days. What's yeah. <laughs> that? It says here that in honor of uh, its 20th anniversary, on-screen lovers Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson sat down with Vanity Fair to talk about the movie and share how the film almost never happened and the surprising way it all came together. It's hard to picture anyone other than Kate Hudson playing the lovable, ambitious, blonde darling Andy Anderson, but according to writer Burr Steers, Gwyneth Paltrow was first pegged for the role. Initially, Gwyneth was attached to it, and then at some point she must have had a conflict and had to pull out. I'm not even... Kate Hudson, legendary rom-com queen who recently had a hot take on uh, a hot take on the genre being dumbed down, was coming off her Oscar-nominated performance in Almost Famous and took over where Paltrow left off. However, finding her male counterpart to play the handsome executive Benjamin Barry wasn't quite so quick. When McConaughey's name finally did come up, Hudson recalled, we were looking at guys and kept going back and forth about who would be the right guy. The guy for me was really important. Matthew came up in a meeting and I thought that that was a great idea. I loved his energy. We immediately just got along. However, McConaughey wasn't so eager about the role and was initially on the fence about accepting it. McConaughey recalled how unsure he was and how a surprising moment with a fortune teller swayed the actor to accept saying, I remember considering whether I was going to do it or not one night while on a walk down sunset Boulevard. When suddenly this guy comes up out of nowhere to me, he was a fortune teller guru and goes, can I tell you your fortune real quick? I was like, yeah, man, sure. He immediately goes, there's a movie you're considering right now. It's a romantic comedy. You have to do this or it will be one of the biggest regrets of your life. It is going to be a blast. It is going to be an incredible experience and is going to make a bunch of money. After that encounter, the beefy actor recounts, I remember thinking, did the studio hire this guy? Hmm. I laughed. I laughed at the thought, but I also remember taking a more serious consideration. In fact, McConaughey goes on to say, 
I think I even accepted the offer the next day. No matter what guru led McConaughey to the to his decision, fans are certainly glad it happened. As for the possibility of a long asked for sequel, Hudson says, There's nothing in the works. I love working with Matthew, so I'm sure at some point we'll work together again. My hope is that Andy and Ben are happy. They've got a bunch of kids. They got married, and they're still playing bullshit with his parents. Uh, If there was a sequel, I'm sure there would be some conflict in there somewhere. I mean, first of all, if you run into Matthew McConaughey, are you going to be like, can I tell your fortune? Yeah. But, you know, that kind of put him, he did several rom-coms after that, like quite a few. And that kind of, you know, he was coming off of like Ed TV. Yeah. Like he had a career, but it wasn't really, Yeah, you know. Well, it's like the guy that said, all right, all right, all right. Well, he got got his career started. Then the rom-coms like introduced him to. He he was able to start living comfortably, yeah. And like, and then after the rom coms came and went, then he could really start getting down to like the real McConaughey. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's crazy. I just thought that that was so in, a fortune teller, dude. Yeah, that was around the time of the Bongos Trav. I looked it up. <laughs> it about, about a year or so apart. Maybe. There wasn't a fortune teller. Yeah, he just Maybe he, he was, was tripping, tripping. on <laughs> Yeah, and, and he thought the teller man. Yeah, said it's gonna be the biggest mistake of my life, man. Got to take it. Where's Woody? Well, like during <laughs> that time where he's doing all those rom coms, if you would have told me, you know, twenty years, fifteen years later, we're gonna get True Detective McConaughey. Oh my god! Right? Yeah, like that guy that does the rom coms. But he he transcended, he did, dude. Man, he like he Tropic didn't get Thunder stuck in that. Yeah, like, oh, Tropic Thunder rom-com. really really opened my eyes up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. that that opened my eyes up in a big way for a lot of people. You know. So yeah, McConaughey, dude. Wait, he did he did a Hank the Cowdog podcast series. Whoa. Do y'all know Hank the Cow Dog? Yeah. Dude, I read the hell out of those yeah. books as a kid. So it was one season, five episodes. We've got Matthew McConaughey playing Hank, of course, Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst, Michael Shannon, Joel Egerton. I might have to listen to this, dude. When was that? 2020. During the pandemic. Yeah, they were bored, yeah. man. There's a bunch of people doing stuff like that. Remember the one where they shot all the scenes for Princess Bride? Yeah. Each person yeah. shot it on their phone and just set it in. Like, yeah. All right. I ain't right here. Dog. There was, uh, no. This, because when you go to the series, The Peepkins was 2022. I don't know what that, what that is, but I might have to listen to that, though. I mean, I, I got down with Hank the Cow Dog back in the day, you know? So let's see. Is this the one? Yeah, here it is. It was 2022. Was it? Or just 2020? Yeah. Yeah. Here it is on Apple. I mean, I may have to, you know, Apple podcast. just say it. Give that a go. 
Next up here, Marvel's Fantastic Four starts filming in early 2024. Director Matt Schockman says the WandaVision director also told told the rap why he walked away from Star Trek Four to tackle Marvel's reboot. WandaVision director Matt Shackman opened up about his decision to exit the upcoming Star Trek sequel to instead direct Marvel's Fantastic Four reboot, reboot due February the 14th, 2025. The prolific filmmaker who uh, counts credits on series like The Great uh, Succession, Game of Thrones, The Boys, and Prime Video's upcoming The Consultant also confirmed that filming on the MCU's Fantastic Four reboot would commence in early 2024. I had a great time working on Star Trek for a little over a year, working closely with J.J. Abrams and everyone at Paramount, and I love that franchise, and I love that cast that J.J. put together, and it would have been an unbelievable pleasure to work with them on the fourth installment there, Shackman told the rap during an interview about <clears throat> his work on The Consultant. But but movies have different journeys and momentums, and and schedules are a little bit uh mercurial and so when the fantastic four opportunity came up it was just too hard to pass up and to go back to home to marvel a place that i worked on wandavision at with those people who are wonderful collaborators um so in august of 2022 it was announced that shackman had stepped away from his role as director of star trek 4 which aims to reunite the cast led by chris pine and zachary quinto on the heels of that announcement was the reveal that the filmmaker was in the early talks to take over Fantastic Four, where Spider-Man No Way Home, Helmer John Watts, was previously attached as director. Fantastic Four was initially set for November 2024 release, but was pushed back last October alongside other MCU projects like the Marshall Ali fronted Blade, Deadpool 3, and Avengers Secret Wars. Uh, and then it goes into what the Fantastic Four are. So, I mean... I'm excited. Hopefully we will get some casting news soon. Cause if they're going to start filming in early 2024, then they're, they're getting everything ready right now. And if they, ha- I guarantee you that there's people cast, right? Oh yeah. There has to be, you know, um, I'm very interested, man. There's a lot of good prospects for Mr. Fantastic out there. So I'm I'm very interested to see the direction that they go with that. So DC head Peter Safran confirms Batgirl was unreleasable, says it would have hurt everyone involved. So months after Batgirl was canceled seemingly for the purpose of a tax write-off, more reasons for the decision are coming to light. New studio co-lead Peter Safran, short of taking credit for the idea, is explaining today that quality had a lot to do with it. He thought it was bad after seeing the movie with everybody else before all the effects were finished. Uh, Speaking at the recent DC presentation in LA, Safran said, I saw the movie. There were a lot of incredibly talented people in front of and behind the camera on on that film, but the film was not releasable. It happened sometimes. The film was not releasable. He'd add he believes the canceling was a stunning and brave choice. Also sharing his concern for the filmmakers involved, Safran continued, I actually think that Zaslav and the team could uh, made a very bold and courageous decision to cancel it because it would have hurt DC, would have hurt those people involved. I think they really stood up to support DC, the character, the story, the quality, and all of that. 
Moreover, he still wants to work with the crew, including the, including the screenwriter. We'd love to be in business with all of these folks, he said. Christina Hodson, the writer, she's somebody we're already back in business with. A lot of talented people involved, but the film was just not releasable. It would not have been able to compete in the theater, in the theatrical marketplace. Destined for HBO Max, Saffron says Batgirl's biggest drawback is it was built for the small screen. I think it was not an easy decision, but they made the right decision by shelving it. The film was reportedly of a CW quality, a creative tone, and uh, the new brass is abandoning, and was rumored to do an injustice to Michael Keaton's Batman legacy. Uh, directors Adil L. Arby and Bilal uh, Fala, Fala were told their talent and quality were not an issue, but Warner Brother or Warner Discovery CEO David Zaslav, like Saffron, somewhat disputed this when he called it a casualty of restructuring. So, uh, Zaslav said, we're not going to release any film because it's ready. The focus is going to be how do we make each of these films as good as possible? I mean, that's pretty ballsy, but it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, um. No, go ahead, man. Oh, I was just, I was just, uh, yeah, I agree. It was, it's, they, I'm glad they decided to shelve it just for the Michael Keaton thing alone. Yeah, right. I mean, honestly. I mean, and if it's of CW quality, then like, maybe, like, I know this is going to be like far-fetched out, you know, but they're they're getting rid of all the CW shows, right? Slowly well, but surely. Well, considering well, the Arrowverse is effectively slowly like I think it's over or about to be because they're about yeah. to end. I think the Flash's final season is going on right now. Yeah, and Arrows has been done. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Legends Legends of Tomorrow, I believe, got axed. Yeah, and. Super Supergirl got, got canceled. I think they're bringing some of those writers over, though, right? To, now, yeah. Okay. Now, I, now, I'll say the little bit of Superman and Lois that I've watched, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, heavy Snyder influence on the way they portray Superman. Right. But, so, I mean, if that's the case, right, and if it's of CW quality, then it's not far-fetched to think that they couldn't release this on CW as like a bow on top. Well, if you remember, if you remember in in Gunn's announcement, he claimed that all external stuff would be considered part of a DC Elseworlds brand. Yeah, exactly. Right. They could, they could easily go direct to streaming with the movie as a Elseworlds presentation. Yeah. And let it be what it is so that the people, because they're, they're, whether you agree with them or not, there is a community of people that did want to see this movie and it, the movie is finished unreleasable. Sure. But who are we to really say? So just kind of put it out in the ether and let it be what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's either that or wait 10 or 15 years and then release it. Oh, this is the unreleased bat oh, yeah. Batgirl movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it'll find its way one way or another to to lot. It just depends on how long that gap is at the end of the day. So uh yeah. 
it'll it, it'll it'll probably take its own weird uniqueness kind of like those uh those very horrible fantastic four films from back in the day yeah like pre-20th century fox yeah yeah uh if you don't mind if i take the reins here before we go into the next article speaking of james gunn i i have some more dc stuff that kind of segue into it all right yeah um according to the direct now this there's going to be some bad news and some good news with it. Keanu Reeves, Constantine two reportedly canceled at Warner brothers, but there's been an update for those looking forward to the sequel to Oh five's Constantine starring Reeves. Warner brothers might have some bad news. Warner brothers shocked fans around the world when it announced in September 22, that Reeves DC comics movie would be getting a sequel after nearly 20 years. Since then there's been the further word on the project. However, the future of the DCU is bright. It includes a new Superman from James Gunn, a fresh take on Batman and Robin and Brave and the Bold, a Booster Gold series, and more. Yet it seems that Constantine may not be a part of DC Studios' new slate of projects. The update says that Entertainment Weekly reached out to Warner Brothers regarding the status of Constantine 2. A representative for the studio stated that Keanu, the Keanu Reeves-led sequel has not yet been canceled. Thanks to industry insider Casey Walsh, fans learned that the recently announced film Constantine 2 might have been canceled. In response to a now-deleted tweet, Walsh bluntly stated that it is not happening. So if that's true, then why would Warner Brothers have ordered it in the first place? Well, according to the insider, it was a, quote, desperate move, quote. Uh, tweet said, that was a movie they greenlit in desperation because they weren't sure of the direction of DC... Uh, and needed to have something post-23. So this move would come right on the heels of three other projects meeting their demises. Most recently, this included Doom Patrol, Titans, and Pennyworth. Before that, there was an incident involving Batgirl and its controversial cancellation. So that goes on to talk about Reeves being like, yeah, I was asking about it, and I'd do it, and blah, 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 blah. So here's where it gets interesting. It says uh, that there was even an HBO Max series centered around Constantine reportedly in development with another actor attached. So it's likely that Gunn and Saffron have hit the brakes on that series moving forward. However, there's still plenty of room for the character to show up in James Gunn's plans, such as in the newly announced Swamp Thing movie. The two characters have a complex acquaintanceship and putting the duo together might pave the road to Justice League Dark. So, hmm. I mean, kind of sucks because I was one of the people that was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm down for more Keanu Reeves Constantine. I enjoyed that movie uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I... It's and it's like what if they do rehash it to where Swamp Thing is actually a, a team up movie, and we get we get this moment where Keanu Reeves shows up and they just hit the ground running where it's like, of course he knows these other people. Yeah, I mean who I mean because they said they're working on this stuff. Like we got a small tidbit 
of what they actually have in the pipeline over there. So the reality is, is like, who knows what they're going to do and like where it's going to go. And because I don't know, man, I'm not discounting anything at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think gun has a very tall order to fill. Oh yeah. And only time's going to tell because as much as we praised the idea a couple of weeks ago where, uh, he was talking about, you know, what he's doing and how we were like, Hey man, these, you know, obscure characters. It's cool. That's only going to get him so far. And it's going to be how he handles the, 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 the streamlined pantheon of DC and how that's all going to coalesce into its own big event and experience. And, and with the stories that he's wanting to tell. Right. Yeah. Um, creatively, I think he's obviously got the chops for it. Yeah, obviously for sure. he, he, he's shown us in droves what he can do with any kind of character set or any kind of audience. Cause you watch guardians of the galaxy and you're like, that's like, that that's something like I, I watched the first one with my children. Like I watched all of them with them, but like they were real little when that first one dropped and had a blast. And then you turn around and watch peacemaker or suicide mm-hmm. squad. And yeah. so he's able as a director and filmmaker to show range within one, one medium and show that he can make them very distinctive in tone and stuff, but still effectively just do a good old fashioned comic book story. Right. That's, that's interesting, man. I'm interested to see what he does, man. It kind of goes along. Remember when they were like, Zaslav wanted to get rid of the high, high, high paid actors. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you bring Keanu in, I mean that's a lot of money. Yeah, but but I also think that Reeves is a, a maybe just because we see so much good guy Reeves on the internet. I feel like he's probably the kind of person that has enough money in his life now where he would rep- he would reprise a fun role for less money just for the sake of just having a good time with it. Right. Like he's still going to get paid for his time clearly, but I think for the larger project and for fandom, especially with the stuff that he does that has a cult following or a big following, not even cult really. um, I think, you know, he's willing to do it for fans. uh, It seems. Well, here's the thing too, with Keanu, I feel like Keanu is a very, very smart guy. Right. And I do feel like that, he might be willing to do a favor for a favor. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like maybe if we can get that next matrix movie made, I'll do it (laughs) for, for some back end cash. You know what I'm like? You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that that's definitely, you know, but you never know though, you know? So. Well, they got to get out of this hole. They got, Exactly. The three hundred right. million dollars on the CNN app that what you know that's gone. Yeah. Eighty yeah. million on the Batgirl movie. Like yeah. I mean I mean, yeah, I mean Warner Brothers back. Warner Brothers cut himself deep and they hit an artery and they were bleeding for quite a while, yeah. man. Him, their internal bleeding. So last up here, James Gunn Gunn's brutal honesty about DCU's past failings angered Warner Brothers Discovery bosses. Uh, So uh, Gunn has never been someone to shy away from sharing information and opinions. 
about his upcoming projects, mainly via his Twitter account. However, it seems that during his joint DCU announcement recently with Saffron, the pair's harsh comments about the former DCU and Zack Snyder's DC Universe did not go down well with Warner Brothers Disney execs. Fans in the press were hanging on to every word as the new rebooted DCU's plans were unveiled. Uh, there were some comments made by Gunn and Saffron during the press conference that were not well received by some of the big bosses behind the scenes at uh, WBD. That's I don't like that. WBD? Uh, in a report, Holly Reporter claimed that there was quite a few ruffled feathers in the wake of the comments about the canceled uh, Batgirl movie being non-releasable and old DC management giving away the IP like they were party favors <laughs> at any creator who <laughs> smiled at them. I mean, dude, we we had to rip that bandaid off at some point. Yeah. There's been a lot of conflict and unrest around the old DCU and the transition it is now undergoing under the control of Gun and Saffron. When WBD bought into the Snyderverse, everything seemed to have a coherent direction under Zack Snyder. But when he was forced to drop out of Justice League, things fell apart very quickly from what turned out to be shaky ground anyway. Now there's a new regime in place, and it seems to be one that has no issue in calling out the failings of the franchise's past. The new slate of 10 projects, which includes a mix of movies, TV shows, live action, and animated projects, will seemingly not begin rolling out until 2025 in the main uh, with the reboot of Superman being the first DCU movie under Gunn and Saffron's grand plan. However, this year we'll see a number of DC projects arriving after numerous delays and after only one live-action offering in 2020, fans may be ready for what is being offered. Uh, we get Shazam. It just goes into what the future. But um, he's not wrong. No. I mean transparency i mean if you wanted transparency well my thing too is like how all right the people that are probably upset are the the people that were there during that time that zaslov hasn't cut loose yet you know so it's one of those situations where it's like i mean you wouldn't be upset if it wasn't true that's all i'm gonna say so you know you know, honesty cuts the deepest, right? So, but anyway, that's funny though. I like James Gunn. Like I like him as a person, as an individual, you know, mm-hmm. and I like his no nonsense, no BS approach to, you know, how he conducts himself because he is really good at talking to people, answering questions without spilling the sauce, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very hard to do that, but he he has a really good a really good way of of tackling that. So I'm excited, man. Like I would like to see you know the Snyderverse be fully realized and everything, of course. Um, but at what cost? And the cost that we were paying was pretty bad. To be fair, like getting you know like Wonder Woman, eh. We did get some decent movies out of it. Shazam was good. Aquaman was good. The second Suicide Squad was good, but like, you know, it's fine. But that's all I got, man.
I'm ready for trailers, bro. We got a few. We got some. It looks like we got some bangers over here, dude. Bangers. We finally get the Elvis, Agent Elvis. I think McConaughey's doing the voice, too. Really? Sounds like him. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, let me drop my comment. Wait, I didn't know some of these trailers released. Like this guy Richie thing? Yeah. Like, I didn't know that that was ready to be released yet. I don't know if time's passing faster or what. It just seems like we were just reading an article about that. Yeah, right? Yeah. And now we're we're getting a full-fledged trailer. I don't know, well, man. I've got nostalgia pulled up here. Looks like some John Hamm, right? Mm-hmm. Is it John Hamm co-starring his ham? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... And last... Equal parts, equal parts John, equal parts Hamm. Yeah. I mean, I heard that he's second to Neeson. And so, Fastbender. Oh, dude, Fastbender. I wonder I mean, if they got a club. I mean, he ain't slow. You got to think. If if I was in Hollywood and I was toting a Hogan, there would be definitely a toting a Hogan club. Yeah. It would be like... Wait, 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 what? What are we talking about, guys? Talking about meat. Man meat. Lap meat. Yeah. All right, Green Book. For real, dude. Like let's, they let's say, that, say, they say John Hamm is toting a Hogan, dude. Like he's like, right there with Huey Lewis. Like I it's thought, soft twelve. I thought, I thought we were having Davin Chatter here, man. Oh, we're Davin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know John Hamm? What's yeah. what's <laughs> Griffin's like? What do you know about the dark arts? Dork warts. I'm ready when you guys are on this. All right. Dork warts. Three, two, one, play. Entertain Africa? Yeah, I ain't never heard of this. New YouTube channel, yeah. Oh my goodness, is that Requiem for a Dream? I think so, yeah. Juice by Jerry. Oh shit! Oh, this is gonna be an acting class, dude. Well, apparently, this movie came out in two thousand eighteen. Really? That's what it says. I mean, I can already tell you it's the kind of movie I wouldn't jump to, but it. I. I, I mean, dude, good acting is good acting. Oh. Yeah, that's like oh, I mean, Offerman. 
I mean, dude, all the star power in this one. I mean, I've seen almost every one of these, uh, these, these cast members in really good roles. I mean, I ain't mad at it. Yeah. Sometimes you get honey dick by an old trailer. It's okay though. It came up on the list 12 days ago, you know? What's yeah. Right. What have we here, Pulpit? We didn't watch that back when it came out. No. I don't recognize the trailer. I mean, I might check that out, though. That looks pretty interesting. Clinic, dude. Like a teaser for this. Oh, yeah. I remember the teaser for this. This expands more on the story. Avidazane. Yeah. We got two Christoph Watch trailers. Hell yeah, dude. It's a good day. Yeah. I'm shreddy. All right. Why does it keep playing? All right. Three, two, one, play. I'm here to provide a service. Yeah. Damn. Ooh. <laughs> what the fuck? This looks like it could get really intense. The series. That looks crazy. It's a completely different look, like feeling than that first one. Yeah, dude. That's why when, like I, a, when I started okay. playing the trailer, I was like, well, this ain't even the same movie. Yeah. It's like, because the first one is like, oh, he's a serial killer, right? Yeah. Like, you know, now he's like, I don't know. I don't know what he is. He's the consultant. Mm-hmm. Kind of want to see it, though. Not going to lie. For sure. We got this. We got some more Mel Brooks going on here. Yeah, we got a new 
Oh hell yeah. the World Club. Yeah. We got there. Oh fucking what's his name? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Book of the Mormon. Alright, hang on. Comments are on. That's a good sign. Yas, bitch. Yas. Yes. Alright, three, two, one, play. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Oh, God. It's like they mix drunk history. Yeah. Yeah. With, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm all right with it. From Simpton. <laughs> got everybody in it. Oh, anyone who ever could have wanted to be in a Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks production. They're like, it's your final chance. (laughs) (laughs) It's got everybody in it. The apron. I hope that's a series. I feel like Jack Black probably takes that all, takes this way more serious than all of them. Like, because that's the thing, man. Mel Brooks (laughs) stuff stuff man like that's timeless like that's yeah yeah like this is obviously not Definitely gonna a badge be of honor yeah this is not an event yeah so it's gonna be i'm guessing four hours oh, okay hell yeah yes bitch <laughs> i'll definitely be checking that out i'm super excited about this next one man oh oh i bet i had to drop it it's a trailer for grease do you think tell they'll do the tell me more? Tell me more. I, mean, she put up a I, just, light? I just don't know if this is the one that we want. I mean, <laughs> definitely not going to be the one that we want. Who, who, who? Paramount Plus. What was that, though? So we're not going in the direction of. Um, Legacy sequel? What you call it? Workaholics. Yeah. But we're going to put this out. Exactly. Because right. everybody wants this. Yeah. No one asked for it. No. I mean, it could be good. <laughs> let's let's, let's see. see. All right, three, two, one, play. I had to drop it. Oh, pop music in the sixties. 
ladies and germs. Okay. In the 50s? Okay. John Travolta better not show up in this. I know, right? I do not want to see Danny Zuko. Okay. What what, what are we doing, guys? We're going to watch the next trailer. (laughs) We're podlocked on that Greeks-ness. I'm I'm excited about this trailer. I mean, it's Guy Ritchie, dude. Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Gyllenhaal. Guy Guy Ritchie, and it's not a copper film or a caper. Oh, it might be caping, dude. I hope they're not caping in military fatigues, Griffin. Come on, man. Get a cape regardless of what you're wearing. What was that movie where the military was still in the gold? Remember Uh, that one? What was that? We Three Kings? I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah, Three Kings. Yeah, it's got a cloning. Dude, that filing cabinet hasn't been touched in decades. (laughs) My nose is bleeding over here. I'm ready for this. All right. Three, two, one, play. Uh oh. A serious turn.
is this Tom Waits singing Tom Petty? I think so. Same as men, as with horses and dogs. It looks pretty good. Don't really look like a Guy Ritchie movie. No. He has those from time to time. Yeah. Though. You know, Sherlock Holmes. You know. <laughs> Is this a George Foreman biopic? Yeah. Is this going to go into his grill at some point? Is he going to knock out the fat? I hope so. Dude. He created a cultural icon. Dude, he made stupid kids be able to cook. Dude, like, I haven't seen. I've got the It's huge. Dude, I I made many a grilled cheese on a George Foreman. I mean, it's crazy that the, the career, the legacy that he had, and then he's like, you know what? There's going to be a badass grill. That's just going to be slightly tilted to drain the grease. I mean, every house had one. Every house. Oh, dude, yeah. Some houses had like the big one, the medium one, and the little one. The one for the one grilled cheese. You could cook like one hamburger in. Well, it was almost like at the time, like now we have the air fryer. Everybody's got an air fryer. This was kind of pre- yeah. You don't have to use the oven. You got this little thing. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see this. Well that was back when everybody was having hamburgers for dinner. Yeah. Homemade hamburgers for dinner. I mean Candyman beef. Hit us up. Alright, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it as good as y'all. Alright, three, two, one. <laughs> I ain't never seen George Foreman with hair. Oh, shit. Always with the voices. All we need now is on programming. We got a movie. Damn.
Mm. Badass set of cars. Oh. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to watch it, dude. It looks yeah. good. If I yeah, it the sun. Yeah. I like this comment. As an ex-college student, George's invention also fed me through college. His grill saved many students from starvation. Facts. Ice cold facts. Yeah. Oh, them ice cold facts hit different, dude. I mean, it's like sweet tea. The water melts down and it just makes it better. Like whenever ice tea's going off on somebody on Twitter, I feel like I did something wrong. I mean, you know what I mean? You immediately want to post up with him. Like, dude, let's take care of this for huh. No, I'm afraid he's coming after me. So since I dropped this trailer earlier, it's become unlisted. Yeah, see that. See that? Yeah. It wasn't earlier. Might wanna wow. uh might wanna re re upload it. You know what I'm saying? Wonder why they did that. Oh. It's got Christoph Waltz and Sam Neill. Let's go. Let's let's check it out. All right, three, two, one, play. Licorice bootlaces. <laughs> it's got some kind of Harry Potter shit going on here or something like 
Oh. Okay. No. That's interesting. It says that it's adapted from Tom Holt's popular seven-book fantasy series. The Portable Door is coming to Australia cinemas March the 23rd and New Zealand cinemas March the 30th. So is it Stan Stars for Australia? I think so, right? Because it's the same logo style. Yeah. Same font. Yeah. You know, you know it's copywritten. It uh, it doesn't look bad. No, yeah, I'm ex- I'm well, not excited, but I'm interested in what the hell this is. Yeah, right. That dude wrote a lot of books, man. Still alive, sixty-one years old. All right, Agent Muffler Elvis. On Netflix, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey as Agent Elvis. Yeah, I was using my mm-hmm. laptop, was watching that Palin's video, and I was grabbing trailers. But what a little bit I heard, I was like, Matthew McConaughey? All right, I guess he can do Elvis. Let's peep it, man. All right, three, two, one, play. <laughs> <laughs> like archer <laughs> God damn it, scatter. <laughs> that looks pretty funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that looks funny. So the reason I dropped this trailer, this is a movie that was filmed on an iPhone 14. Okay. Pro. And when I watched a little bit of it, I was like, damn. Like, looks pretty good. Shit, I'm I'm ready for it, you know? All right. Three, two, one, play. The dude has a chronovisor. Them iPhone camera. Have y'all seen that new really? Android camera that can take pictures of the moon? No. God, that, you could zoom in, and it it's high def. I don't know how, uh, but it's like you can get a close spirit. up. That's crazy of the moon with a cell phone. Here it is. Oh, I'm ready. Look at that thumbnail. <laughs> so much good. Happened. Yeah, dude. Wildlands, wildlands, wildlands. I actually had a different one in here, and I came across this one. I was like, oh no, it's got to be. Good. <laughs> it's better. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm ready for it. All right, three, two, one, play. Look at the logo. Jesus, this is the most intense thing I've ever seen. It's Pooty Tang. <laughs> It's Pakistani yeah, Pooty Tank, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> What's even going on? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Got a little pudge on her. <laughs> Is this all from the same thing? Yes. I think so. I mean, it's 50-50 military propaganda mixed with exotic belly dancing movie porn. Oh. Now, this is a movie set you might get hurt on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a comedy or an action film? I don't know, but they've done like eight different songs. I feel like I just saw the whole movie. Yeah, right. But we still don't even know the plot. I have no idea who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm almost certain that the um, surely the cop and the brown clothes yeah. and the hat looking like Saddam Hussein. He's the good guy, right? I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll never know. I mean, we have to watch it. That's the only way we'll find out. <laughs> we could find a copy of it. <laughs> oh, I can find a copy. I'll import one if I have to. Like I'll buy a Blu-ray player. <laughs> yeah. Rip it. Region locked. Yeah. What the fuck is this, guys? Is this softcore? See if you spot somebody in here you recognize. Sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama part two. Don't let's not do a lot of research. Okay. Okay. Just watch it. I want to see if Griffin spots a familiar face. Is it a dude or a chick? I I don't know. You'll spot him. (laughs) Okay, all right. He's the main character. All right. All right, three, two, one, play. <laughs> no fucking way! Is this real? It is real. He went to the premiere and everything. Oh my god. Who is this? It's a fucking <laughs> No fucking way, dude. It's a it's a c- caster. At Real Blue TV. Watch his acting chops. This gets ridiculous, like, in a good way. 
right here. <laughs> he looks like a baby wishmaster. That shit stuck in her head. But yeah. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, a while back he was talking about going to a premiere that he took his mom. He's like, it's crazy to watch a movie at a premiere with me in it, you know? And I'm like, you took your mom to that? (laughs) Wow. What the fuck? I knew when you saw him because like, can't mistake that dude. Like, no. I I gotta look him up. I haven't seen anything from him in a while. Well, I was kind of hoping that old Elon would unlock his Twitter that he lost. With you know, yeah, he had hundred thousand followers, if not more. That's fucking crazy. I saw this when we were looking at that article. Or- one of the first articles earlier, this was a trailer that was a little buzz about it. Yeah. Hey, and when y'all were talking about the wizard of Oz, did we watch that wizard of Oz trailer? It's like, Gale. Uh, what was it called? I might throw it in next week, but it was uh, stay away from Oz. I watched mm. it, but I wasn't sure if I put it in here. It's a, it's like a horror type Wizard of Oz kind of, you know, someone took it and made it spin. Kind of like what they're doing with the. Yeah. No, I don't think we've watched that, but I'll check it out, though. But yeah, no, this is Shutter Original. Oh, no, exclusive. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. Helps the medicine go down. Uh-huh. There was a movie back in the day where uh, the babysitter was crazy. Mhm. Tried to bang the dad, and whoa. Wasn't it Poison Ivy with Alicia Silverstone? I think it was her, yeah. What kind of tincture is she giving this boy? LSD. 
That looks interesting. So what, uh, now we get into our foreign film February. We got enough to do three movies yeah. and not go long. I know that we want triple R to be one. Mm-hmm. So that all on the Western front. Now I dropped yeah. one in there like eight months ago. Yeah. It was in March, but it's also a military movie. It's on, it's one of those movies that's on a list. Oh yeah. Where it's like, this is a, but I don't know if we want to do two military films. I mean, I'm fine with it. You know, unless anybody else has got something, then we can do those three. Triple R has got to be last, right? Yeah. Well, we could do those three and then maybe uh, see what a good contender for four would be. Like if somebody brings something good yeah. to the table, and we're like, dude, we got to check that out, you know? Yeah, because it would only extend us into like the seventh. Yeah, so. And that ain't nothing but a G thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Baby. But uh, yeah, what do you want to start with? You want to well, start if, with Stalingrad? Yeah, if we're going to, I'd rather go by the release date. Okay. On yeah. the quality. But that movie's supposed to be really good. I watched a scene from it. Um, and you were like, oh. Yeah, I wanted to watch it. Well, yeah, it's a I scene where they're like, they make them shoot some of their own friends because mm. they did. they went against orders. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I'm down. Stalingrad. 93. Coming at you. Like, like a, a beam. Like a beam. Great. Checks on the mail. <laughs> <laughs>